30 seconds left. One, two, one, two, one, two. Ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bring it back in. Test one, two, back in one, Mike, please. Welcome to the bank. Come on up to your front. Come on up to your front. Y'all know better. Come on up. Come on up. Spread it out. Spread it out. One, two, one, two. Just a little bit more microphone, please. Why don't you go ahead and say, say blah, 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 blah. Why don't you go and say hi to your neighbor, please, please, as we work on this. Amen, amen, amen. One, two, one, two. Amen. Sounds good. It's the last Friday of the year, y'all. Look to your neighbor and go, aw. This is the last Friday, the last Elevate of 2011. I don't know about you. We've got to make it good. Like Tito said, we got to make it count. And so we decided we want to sing some songs to you, songs that really impacted us, songs that we like to sing. And so this first song, I'm pretty sure that everybody knows, unless you're a visitor, everybody knows this song. This song is called Deep Cries Out. How many of y'all know that song? It's one of our favorites. And please, 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 if you guys can help me sing this out, I mean sing it out. I'm talking about like from your gut. we like, sing it out! Like that, but not, you know what I mean. Amen? Father, we just want to worship you today. Jesus, we come here for you. We just ask that you pour out your spirit on every person here. That God, as we close out this year, Father, we want to end in a bang. Giving you worship, giving you the highest praise because you're so worth it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. One, two, three, four. Clap those hands, help me sing. I've got Taka River, a living water, a fountain never will run dry. It's an open, it's an open heaven, a jewelry, peace, and we will never be. When we stirring up, because we're stirring up deep, deep wells.
us. We're stirring up deep, deep wells. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're gonna jump in jump. the river. Jump in the river. We're stirring up deep, deep wells. Oh, yeah. We're stirring up deep, deep waters. We're gonna dance in the river. Just worship God. This year may have been a, a dry year for you. May have been going through some things. And as this year closes out, we enter a new year. And the best way to do that is to enter in worshiping God because He's the one that gives us life. The Bible says He gives us a new life. And this new life is no small thing. It came at a price. It came at the price of Jesus' life. When He died on the cross, He gave us this new life. Why we sing songs unto Him, so that we can remember, so that we can praise God for this new life. Help me sing. Oh, there's no one like You. There's no one like You.
never, ever, no, never, ever stop surrendering unto God. Every day you wake up, you got to make it your choice that I am going to live for Jesus, that I am going to serve God. Don't think that just because you become a youth pastor, you're a pastor, you're in 201, or you go to church now, that it's not a fight, that there's not a struggle within the day for you to go after God. I tell you what, the more you see God, the more things that will come to distract you, whether friendships, whether things, whether all these obstacles may come into your way. Let me tell you what, the key is surrendering. lift our hands right now in this time of worship it's just our heart saying God I surrender to you my way is not my own I'm giving my life to you I want to trust you more I want to grow in my relationship with you come on if that's you just stick your hands out right now just tell them God I want to grow I want to surrender God I want to become excellent at surrendering when your Holy Spirit leads me God I don't just want to live this life a mediocre life I don't want to be lukewarm but I want to have your Holy Spirit in my life I want to feel you in my family I want to feel you with my friends God I want you to be Father with me in these times of my desperate hour of need
in our hearts, Lord God, and our minds set, Father God, for the future, Lord God. We know that wherever you go, Lord God, we will follow you, Lord God. And wherever we go, Lord God, we will always have you by our side, God. For if God is for us, then who can be against us, Lord God? And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Lord God, it is all for you, God. It's for your glory, it's for your honor, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for tonight, Lord God. And we just simply ask you to come in this place, Lord God. Don't make it a simple everyday, every Friday religious service, Lord God. But come meet us here, Lord God. Come be in this place, Lord God. We want you here above all. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Everybody can go ahead and sit down. And we're just going to get straight into the message now. Amen, amen. If you guys could just do me the favor in this attitude of worship, if Leilani can stay up here on the keys for me. We just want to go ahead and go right into the message, what God has prepared for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. I love that song. We, we just finished singing a couple of our favorite songs. And, you know, this past year, I don't know about you, but I can I can look back and I can trace back. You know, just the things that God did this year, and I wrote on Facebook today. Um, if you guys don't have Facebook, it's okay. But I wrote up there, just I was reflecting as I was preparing for today. I just started thinking this past year, and God is faithful. Man, I just tell you how God is so real. How Just in my life, just what God did. 
a year ago in, in August, I had wrote uh, down after hearing a SUM chapel, Pastor Joe said, man, just proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in your life. You know, why don't you just say that everybody just thinks that they can't come to God and ask God for things. How many guys know as children, it's okay to come up to the God, the Father, to say, hey, God, could you give me this? Could you bless me with this? I know somewhere in our mind we just think, but we can't ask God. We just got to come and say sorry to him, and that's all he wants to hear from us. Like he's some mean type of God. As if he's some mean type of father. Like we know sometimes our earthly fathers, we can't come up to him and ask, hey, Dad, could you do this for me? Thinking like, no, get out of here. What are you serious? But God, the Father... Oh, it's so much different with him. You can come up to him. He's waiting for you to spend time with him. And I was uh, reflecting, and Facebook has this cool feature where it shows you on, on the side. When you click on a comment, it takes you to that comment and just people who liked it whatnot. And I saw some things on the side. They said, things you wrote this year or this time of the month last year, a year ago. And uh, it came in August, and I was just like, what? And so I clicked on it, and I read, after hearing uh, the word of God, I said, this is the year of the Lord's favor for me. I'm going to start proclaiming some things that God's going to bless me financially. God's going to bless me in ministry. God's going to bless me in school. God's going to, God, I pray that you bless me. That's all I was praying. I prayed. I said, God, bless me with this. God, bless me, bless me, bless me. God, I proclaim favor, your favor over my life. I don't want to come in life and just live it like a, just a meek Christian, just like, oh, I'm all weak and Christians are poor. And I, get out of here. God, give me something in Jesus' name. Increase my territory. And I was praying that, <laughs> and um, I had taken a moment just to think how faithful God was, and all the things I had asked God for came to pass. And I'm reading that status. I'm asking God bless me in this. And as I come back full circle to think about everything He's done, every single thing that I proclaim came to pass. It just left me in a moment, just like God. See, I can never do that on my own. It just left me in a moment, like how awesome God is. And I look at this this year as I as we wrap up 2012. Everybody's getting excited. I'm excited for what 2012 has. But I can look back and there's markers. I was sharing this with the leaders last last week. There's markers in your life, okay? Like when you become 13, you're you're 13. You're no longer 12 year old. You, you the teen years, right? And then when you no longer are 19 to 20, now you are a considered an adult. And there's markers within just in our age. But in our spiritual walk with God, there should be markers. Things that if when you look back, you've grown from. And I don't know about you, but I can look back in this, this year and just spiritually and, and just what God has taken me from. Just because I stand up here behind a pulpit and I speak to you as your pastor does not mean that we know it all. Amen. So how many of you guys know that if your pastor doesn't know it all, you guys don't know it all? Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, you don't know it all. Hallelujah. I felt the Holy Ghost on that. So, so this is what we're trying to do right now. Look back. I'm going to ask you this question right now. Look back in 2011. Are there markers in your life where you've seen yourself grow with God? For some of us, maybe it's your first time here, or maybe you've been coming to Elevate for some time. And there are no things that you can look into your life and say, man, I've grown closer with God in this, man. I'm starting to read my Bible more. I'm starting to pray more. I can see myself changing. I can see God doing this in my life. Or if you look back in 2011, you see yourself just getting worse. 
It's like you're excited for Jesus' altar call. You're like, I love God. You're coming in life groups, and then uh, life groups are not cool. So you stop coming, and you're hanging with so-and-so. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're, you're here in, in the church. You've been in life groups. You keep on doing it, but you just don't feel yourself growing. I don't know about you, but there have been some things in my life, some challenges, some obstacles, some things that I can look back as history and saying, God, I remember this time, God, you got me through that. God, you got me, you, you, you brought me through this trial. And for some of us here in this place, it's, it's sad to say, but we look back in 2011, there are, there's nothing like that. If we remember the first time we came here to Elevate, as a matter of fact, we our, our love for God maybe is, is dying down. And that's a sign of spiritual death. You are dying. You are dead. Red flag. Sound the alarm. Something is wrong. Don't think you're going to heaven when you die. Don't think that God loves you in your sin. But that he loved you enough that even though you were a sinner, come on now. Even though you were a sinner, he died on the cross for you. So that you can't have this second chance. There's always grace. There's always grace. If you're saying, man, that wasn't for me. Guess what? There's grace for you today to say, I'm going to do it today. To hell with my neighbor things. I'm going to live for God. Now is the time. And I want to set you guys up the best way I know how. This new year, I, I want us to always reflect. As a matter of fact, I already have prepared for January the series that we're going to do. We have some awesome things coming up in January. We have our spiritual our spiritual retreat, our winter retreat, where that's just a time of just fun. I mean, there's a lot of things to do. We have basketball courts, game rooms, um, food. Guys come up with that. Most importantly, it's a, it's a time of spiritual growth. I'm telling you, if you want to just a touch from God, start inviting your friends and family for that for that time, which is in the future. But also for Elevate, for us, we have to take things step by step. So the month of January, we're going to go for a Christian step by step. Because a lot of us, we're just like, that, that's especially to new visitors, especially for someone who's just like, I don't know what to do. And they think the church is a turnoff. But once you start realizing what the church is about, you're going to be, I want this. I need this. I need to tell my friends about this. So we're taking it step by step because we don't want to lose you guys. Amen. So today I want to talk about some of the things that would prepare us, position us for that. Why do I do what I do? I'm going to preach to you just a little bit some things you can just deposit in your heart that as you look into this new year, 2012, please, please take down some notes. It's going to be some good stuff. We're going to have some stuff on the screen for you. But also at the end of this, we're going to have a skip for you guys, and it's going to be your choice. We're going to give you guys an opportunity to declare some things in your life. Amen. So just go with me. We're going to go with the flow on this. Um, there's no better way for me, in my opinion, to open up the new year, to prepare ourselves, than getting in Isaiah 43. Um, this was a message by a pastor who had preached it one time, and I had reviewed it. I taking notes, and I want to go ahead and, and give it to you guys as, as I remember it. Isaiah 43. But before I do that, I just, I just want to preface it by this. Let me ask you something. Do you ever think to yourself, why do I do what I do? Maybe you've been here for a long time and you're a Christian. You just can't seem to get over your sin. Maybe you keep on giving into lust, pornography. Maybe you keep on, you know, rebellion, anger, cussing up a storm. Or maybe you keep on disobeying your parents. Or maybe you give into gossip. Why do I do what I do? 
The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says this, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. It starts with your thoughts. What you do and why you do it, it starts up here. What you start to think. Because what you start to think starts to become an attitude. And then attitudes produce actions. You ever think about it? Someone does something to you, you're upset. And that's the first thing. You're, oh, I can't believe they did that. You're, you start becoming upset. And then that's your attitude. Then when you see them, all, you, all they're going to get is that I'm upset at you. And then what happens is the action. You'll do something against them. It happens like that. Why do I do what I do? Or maybe I keep on giving into this. Maybe this is my sin. Why do I keep? It's like after you're done sinning, after you do something wrong, it's just like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? You just got in a fight with your mom. You're cussing her up. Why did I do that? Starts up here. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Thoughts produce attitudes, which produce action. Ultimately, here it is. Ultimately, it's not about what you think about yourself, but what God thinks of you. What does God think about you? Because so many times in our own struggles, we can't fix it. We can't heal ourselves. We can't save ourselves. But God can. So I believe in here today that if we can start thinking the biblical message, if we can download that and let God transform our minds, I believe that in Jesus' name, that it will begin to just flow through you. Your thoughts will become that of God's. And your actions and your attitudes will flow out from who you are, who God made you to be. I, I can't get over sin. I, I, 2012, I'm going to do this. I hope you're not looking at 2012 as, man, I'm just going to repeat, repeat, repeat what I'm doing in 2011. If you keep on making the same mistake, that's foolish. But I'm not afraid of mistakes. I'm afraid if I don't learn from my mistakes. That's dumb. And Mr. T said, I pity the fool. Look to your neighbor and say, I pity you. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, I pity you. I'm on somebody. It's okay to be cool and funny in church. But let's not make the same mistakes, amen? So open up your Bibles right now to Isaiah 43. We don't have the karaoke screen when it comes to the verse, but we'll have some notes for you. Isaiah 43, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. We're just going to read that. Israel's only Savior. That's the title of it, and this is what we're going to get into right now. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not, over, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I will give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Father, I just pray right now that your word will go in us and father it would have a place in our hearts the father just wouldn't go in one ear and out the other like so many times it has before but father you would put something you would die deposit something in our spirits god that as we walk into this new year as we prepare to welcome this new year father we'll do it the right way glorifying and pleasing you in jesus name and everybody said amen
Isaiah 43, and, and, and this is not like a, a New Year message. This is more something to prepare you. Prepare you. Because we don't want to. The Bible says this, and I love this. It says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So don't make promises you can't keep. Amen? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. So many times we, we throw around our word as if it has no value. And that's why people can't believe you. People can't come up to you and take you serious. Because you say yes for everything, but then when it comes crunch time, game time, you're not there. No one can count on you. Or you're backing out of something you said yes to. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. But I want us to prepare, not just, just to make some empty promises to God. Say, so God, I'm going to do this. But you're never around in discipleship. So I want us to prepare and just examine our hearts. You're not here to examine your neighbor's heart. You're not here for, you're here for your own sake. It's good if you brought your friend. It's good if you're inviting your neighbors. Please, this message is for you. What God is going to say is for you. Amen. Isaiah 43, 1. The first thing I get when I read this passage is God is personal. God is personal. The Bible says right there in Isaiah 43, 1, it says that he formed us. He created the universe, but he formed us. It goes deeper. I am chosen. I start to think about these things. I am chosen. Psalms 91, 14, it says this, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. Write this down. God is personal. If there's one thing you have to remember in your walk with God is that God is personal. Think about this. Do you see God as personal? Do you see God like that? Or is he just the God of Friday nights? Or is he just the God of Sunday mornings? Come on. This should mean something to you. God is a personal God. And so many times in my conversations with young people, they don't think God is close by. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. I love that. Just say this to yourself with me. Say, I am chosen. Say it one more time. I am chosen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Second thing when I'm reading this, as a matter of fact, I'll just read it again. 43 verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. What is this telling me? That we will go through trials, but God is present. We will go through some things in our life, but God is present. You have to know this. Don't think that 2012, as you're asking God, God, I don't want no problems and no troubles. And then when you get into something that is against you, it's just like, forget this, forget you, God. I said no problems. That wasn't in the manual. God, what are you talking about? He says this. I love this. He sets us up for success. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. God's saying, hey, look, you're going to go through some things. In your Christian life, don't think that Christians have it better than everybody else in the world. Don't think that when you become Christian, your mom is not going to. Don't think that when you become a Christian, there's going to be no diseases in your family. 
Don't think that when you become a Christian, you're not going to become broke or something bad is not going to happen to you. But when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. I'll tell you this, if, if, if nothing else, God is present in your trials. Especially in your trials, God is close. You know what's the hardest thing to believe in, especially when someone is going through a time of grief? And trust me, I've been, I've, I've seen it. I've been to funerals. It's to tell people that God is with you when someone's passed away. A trial, something hit them hard, like family, like you lost your dad, or someone. You come, God is, God loves you. I don't love God. He took my my dad. It's harder. It's, it's hard. But especially in your trials, God is present. He is in control. Trust Him. That's why I go to God. That's why whenever something is going on in my life, I, I come to God because He knows. He's in heaven. He sees it all. God doesn't learn anything. It's not a surprise to Him. But that He's in control. I can trust Him. There's peace with Him. Amen. And because of that, I am strong. You see, we're working on our identity today. God is personal. I am chosen. God is present. So I am strong. You see, when you start to think of who you are in God, you can start saying these things. I am strong. Philippians 4.13, it says this. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love this. I was watching baseball. And one of the pictures, he had it on his glove, stitched right there on the side, Philippians 4.13. And I'm just thinking to myself, because God is on his side, he can strike out everybody? Is that what that's saying? I used to think that. And when we read the Bible, we can't, we have to put it in its proper place. You know, in that example, you know, when, when a pitcher writes that on his hand or in his glove, for us thinking about it, so many times we take the scripture out of context, but... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, so I'm going to make this basket. Or I'm going to do this. Or, I, you know. But what it's talking about is your life for Jesus. You can hold on to Jesus. You can live saved. Amen. You don't have to be a backslider every single week. Well, come on, somebody. Come on. You know who you are. But your identity is in God and because he's present I am strong come on let's say this say I am strong one more time say I am strong I love these things and as you go on from this place remember these things because I'll tell you what you'll go back and let God speak to you amen the third thing that I read that I get out of, of Isaiah 43 When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. And because I love you. God is loving. In this in this passage right here, and it's, and it's a wonderful principle, and I pray that we get it right now. The Bible says this, 
Sometimes when we read the Bible, it's hard for us to understand. Let me explain this right here. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. That's what he says. Then he says, I give you Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. These are nations. And God is saying to his people, look, I'm giving you these people. They are yours. And what this paints the picture of is substitution. God says, I will deliver these people in your stead or in your hands at their expense. The meaning of substitution, why God would use that in his plan of salvation. Check this out. God will pour judgment on one so that others might get the benefit and go free. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says this. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I love that. Whenever you start thinking it's, uh, it's been about you, whenever you start going through pity patty parties, let me tell you what. Read this. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. God is loving. And how that works out in a Christian's life is that all the things that can happen to your life, Jesus took. So that when you go through something, you can come to Jesus. Why? Because he loves you. And he proved it to us when he died on the cross. He's loving. That he will lay his wrath. That God the Father would lay all his wrath against his one and only son, Jesus. I think about that. I don't know if that brings you to question. Why would God do that? Why would God put all his wrath on his son? See, for me, if I ever have a son, if I have a child... I wouldn't want to have them go and suffer for somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? Like if I have a friend right now, he commits a crime. He commits a crime and the penalty is death. Something as heinous as maybe raping a, a, a little girl. And for all of us, we would cry out for justice. And if you would hear that in the news, like some, some guy raping a, 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 a 10-year-old girl, that's disgusting. That man deserves to die. We would all think that. Now imagine any father hearing about this and then sending their son. It's like, they're not going to die. You're going to die. I don't know about you, but I ask, why would God do that? Why would God do that? That he laid his wrath on his one and only son, Jesus. And we talked about this. God was never created. God has always been. Let that fry your little noodle right now. There was no begin date. It's not like God was born on this day. He's always been. See, we think about things since we're created creatures. We're created beings. We think about things in time. Because we're in time. But God is outside of time. That's something we use for us. But God, He looks at it He's like He's above that. There was no begin date for God. He's always been. He's always was. And think about that. God, the Father and the Son. The relationship that they've had since throughout all eternity. And at that one very moment when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus cries out to the Father, 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 why have you forsaken me? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. He says that. He says, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? At that point in time, the Father placed His wrath on his son, the one whom we've loved, the one who they've always had a relationship with. At that time, God the Father turned his back on his son. 
and the wrath, the punishment that goes for all of us, death, was put on Jesus. And the Bible says in Isaiah, it says that it pleased the Father. That when Jesus died, it pleased the Father. Why would it please Him? Why would God do such a thing? Because you are precious in His sight. Why would God go through all the trouble? Why would He come down here and humble Himself? He's God. He made things. He created the word, the world by speaking it out. Why would He go through all the trouble to be born as a baby? He was born, He was from, from age zero to all the way to 33. And to learn and to, and to be in the flesh and to be limited in what He can do. Why would He go through all these things? Because you are precious in His sight. I hope this is shaping who you see yourself to be. You're not just somebody off the street just coming into a church. You are a child of God. Because you've repented from your sin and you've turned away and believed in Jesus Christ. Why? Because you are precious in His sight. God loves you and he, you mean so much to Him. You are valued. Isaiah 43, 4 says this. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. It's not that you're valuable. It's not that you're some big shot. And it's not that just because I come dressed up nice today, you know, that I'm someone special. And for you, for that matter. For you, for you, for you, for all of you guys. But because that God loves you. You see, if we had value of our own, then wouldn't, over time, wouldn't that value rust or fade away? And then wouldn't God's love be based on our value? If that value leaves and how good we look or how much we can do this or how much we can do this, wouldn't that love leave? We see that in relationships now. Well, I loved them at first, but I don't love them anymore. In marriages, what happened? Why are you guys getting divorced? Well, you know, it's just the fun's not there anymore. And we treat it such a light thing. But God's love for us, the relationship that we have for him, is not based off of your works. Get that. It's not based off of your works because his love, it's not like he loves me more and he loves you less. God loves us. God values you. It's not that you're valuable, but that someone values you. And that someone happens to be the God of the universe. He So you have value in him. You're valued. Not about your performance, it's about grace. Because if it could be about what we can do in our flesh, there's nothing that you can do that would impress God. God spoke, <laughs> and the universe came into being. You talking about being there at the beginning, I can imagine it now. God, the second person in the Trinity, Jesus, Him speaking, you just see the star shoot out. You just see everything shoot out. You know what the Bible, actually in science today, you stick a microphone in space, you can hear the, the echoes of a loud explosion. And people say it's the Big Bang. How about this? When Jesus spoke, everything that we know today happened. So there's this loud starting process when Jesus spoke it into existence. Bam! And it's, and it's going. And the Bible says, or rather, we, we see the earth or the, the universe, it's expanding. It's expanding. It's getting bigger. <laughs> There's nothing you can do that would impress God. But He looks at you and He loves you and He values you. I don't know about you, but when I think about that, I have a security 
in God. Your security comes from who you worship. Listen, listen. Your security, people want to feel secure in relationships right now, in marriages and in, in counseling. I've, I've been around it. One of the biggest things that women want to have from their, from their spouse is security. The sense that I'm going to be taken care of when I'm in a relationship with you. Because if not, I'm, I'm out of this thing quick right now before I even say I do. And all the women of God said, well, come on, somebody. Your security is who you worship. Now, who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping your boyfriend, your girlfriend? Hello? Are you worshiping your PS3? Hello? Are you worshiping your guitar? Hello, somebody. Speaking to myself, Jesus. Who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping me, a pastor? Thinking that I can have all the right words for you? Are you coming to God? Your security is in who you worship. And I'm secure and stable because God knows everything. Oh, come on now. I'm not afraid of the boogeyman. Come on, somebody. You ever heard that song from Reggie Sales? God is bigger than the boogie. Come on, somebody. Some of you guys have to sing that to yourself. Y'all scared of the dark. Jesus name ah! but my father he created the world come on my father he loves me my father is bigger than your father unless we have the same father well somebody come on now because you are precious in his sight your security is in who you worship are you ready for 2012 someone said no we'll make sure we pray for you girl come on are you ready for it. Let me tell you what, the best way you can prepare yourself spiritually is to come forth and come to Jesus and say, God, I struggle with this. God, I struggle with this. I, this, I can't get past this. But Jesus, I know that you love me. I know that you're personal. So you're with me. I know that you're present, especially in my hard times, especially when you're present. Come on. I know that you love me. You gave your son for me. I know that you showed me that in your word. And I know that I'm valued. It's not like God looks at you and be like, up to the next one. There's so many times in church we can make someone feel like they're not valued anymore. But not to human's effort. But God sees you and he loves you. Don't ever think that in your entire life, when we get excited when someone comes and gives their life to Jesus, don't be like, well, I've been coming for the church for 18 years and you guys ain't doing another party for me. So calm down. God values you. Amen. We have a, a small skit presentation, and, and I'll let Leilani go ahead. I know that she has to get ready for that. I want to tell you a little bit about this skit, and then we're going to have a time of, of choices. We will make a choice today on who we're going to serve. And I just want to give you a little background. When I was in Elevate, when I was a senior in, in high school, Lane Tech, what's up? Class of 07, 07. Oh seven, oh seven. Come on now. Anybody oh seven in this place? That's what I'm talking about. Anyways, I'm just reliving my high school years now. Just give me that. But I remember coming back and uh, going to an elevate one night, and we had discipleship. And Pastor Joe was there with us, and he was a uh, he was going over you know discipleship, and he, and he did this one thing with us, and it reminded us of where we wanted to be with Jesus. And let me tell you what, as we enter in this new year, it's good to think. 
It's good to start planning things out. It's good to start say, hey, I want to do this. Set yourself up for success by putting some goals in your life. Maybe a goal for you is be like, I will not give in to perversion. Maybe, maybe I'm going to set myself up and I'm going to start doing things, taking steps so that I can, I can do that. Maybe one of your goals is I want to argue less with my family. I don't want to get in fights with them. I'm going to learn how to be able to live with them at peace. I'll tell you what, you can't, you can't avoid conflict. Conflict will always be there. Okay? But how you operate in it. Maybe you can start preparing yourself, walking and, and taking some steps to do these things. So as we get ready to perform this skit for you, I just want to let you know that um, what you're going to see will be actually a presentation of the things that happened um, in Elevate when I was a youth, 17 years old. It's funny to see how everything comes full circle. I was sitting where you were sitting, and now I'm the one talking. I'm telling you, God has so many surprises for you guys. And I just hope that you guys just take this thing, just watch it, and then afterwards we're just going to talk some more. Amen. Come on, I'll give it up for this kid's team. Give it up, give it up, give it up.
Amen. I'm not sure if you quite understood everything that went down right now. But back uh, about five years ago, there was a time we sat in discipleship, and Joe had given us a piece of paper and, and some envelopes. He said, hey, look, write down where you want to see yourself within the next year, what you want God to do in the next five years, and where you want to be within the next ten years. Some of us, we don't even think about that. We just take one step at a time. But how many of you guys from high school, you want to graduate? You don't want to be 22 in high school. Amen? How many of you guys know that when you're about 27, maybe 30, you guys want to have a family? Amen? So here's what we're going to do. We are going to bring in this new year thinking about Jesus, but at the same time thinking about where we want to be, what we want God to do in our lives, and what we want to see within within the near future. So this is what we're going to do. This is going to be our time of altar call, time of prayer. I just ask you to take this time seriously. On this piece of paper, the leaders are going out. They're passing you a pen. They're passing you a paper. And they're passing out an envelope. This is what I want you guys to write on this piece of paper. Write down where you want to see God within the next year. Write down what you want to see God do within the next five years, where you want to be within the next five years. Think about it. If you're 15 now, five years from now, you'll be 20 years old, and then you're going to probably be in college. Write down, man, I want to do this. You can write down, man, I want to go to college. I want to have a job. I want to be able to provide for my family. Man, I want to be serving God. Think objectively, and then in 10 years, where do you want to be? And also keep in mind when you're writing this down, what do you want God to do in your life? What do you want to be in your relationship? Do you want to see God grow? Do you want to see God move in your high schools? Do you see, want to see God move in your families? Do you want to see so-and-so saved? Come on, start declaring some of these things. You can write it down. Like, man, I want to see my family saved within the next five years, within the next year. I want to see my mom coming back to church with dad. I want to see mom and dad living together. I don't want to see them fighting. Come on. If you guys don't write it down, if you guys don't pray for it, you'll never think about it. You'll never think it's possible. So just begin to write these things as you feel led. Within the next year, where do you want to be? What accomplishments maybe? Maybe within a year you want to see, man, I want to start a school club. Or maybe I want to get back in church. Maybe I want to live for God. Maybe I want to do things the right way. How about let's do things the right way? Within the next year. And then within the next five years, what do you want to see God do? Even for leaders, probably if you're fixing to graduate this year. If you're fixing to graduate high school this year. Where you want to see yourself in five years? Let me tell you what. You, generally, college is about four years. So you'll be a year graduated from college. What do you want to do with your life? You just want to live at home with mom and dad till you're 40? We'll pray for you. But come on, let's, let's think, guys. And then most importantly, where do you want to be with Jesus? As I bring in this year, as I bring in the next year, as I bring in the years after that, I want to bring it in with Jesus. Come on. I'm not saying you have to be here at the church, but that in your heart, 
whether you're halfway around the world, whether you might be in a different state for school, that you can remember that God is present, that God is with you, that He loves you, that He's a personal God, that you're valued. Some of the things that you're remembering today, and even as you become a disciple, come on. When you're done, we just ask that you would come up and drop it in this this bucket that we have up here. And you would find a place at these altars to start praying that whatever you just wrote down, that you'll leave it in God's hands. That you will trust God that whatever thing that you wrote down, God will make it happen. Come on. Where do you see yourself? I just encourage you right now that some of you guys go ahead and write some things and speak things out in faith. That maybe you're feeling called towards the ministry. Maybe you're feeling that God's going to use you somehow, some way. Go ahead and write that down. That say that God would use you somehow, maybe in your school, maybe within your family, to be a bold witness.
As you guys wrap up, please make sure to put your name on the envelope. Put your name on the envelope so that when you turn it in, we can give it back to you guys. Here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to finish writing things, things out. Six months from now, maybe later, maybe sooner, we're going to give these things back to you. So what you're writing here, you're going to get back. You're going to begin to see some of the things that God is doing. Come on. We have one here with no name on the outside. If you didn't write your name on it, if you can just come and just... We have another one, no namer. If there's one, no name on it. It's licked, but no name on it. Oh, man. It might be you. All right, let's see. Anybody else? There's one with a smiley face. Okay. Just make sure you write your name on it, guys. Here's what we're going to do. As we close up, I can just sense the giggles coming through. I can sense just like joy. This wonder we're going to end in prayer. Come on. Hallelujah. you can take the next two minutes two minutes to so go ahead and wrap it up if you're done i see so many people done this place we want to just start preparing our hearts and minds just for prayer we're going to end the right way praying thanking jesus for 2011 thanking him for another year of life come on somebody so start preparing your heart your mind your soul your body for prayer Let's take the next 30 cents and just sign it. Lick it up. Come on now. As most of us are done, I just want to share a testimony. 
you can lower the music down just for me just a little bit. As uh, I just share a quick testimony, out of the 15 or so people that were there that one day writing it, I think there's about two. There's about two serving the Lord today. We were in a youth group about maybe a little smaller than this. But there are 15 of us writing it down. Two, two of them of which are serving the Lord today, of which are in this church, of which are leaders to you. Myself and Leilani. And I can just think back of all my friends, and here's a crazy story. I backslid. And when Pastor Joe passed them out to everybody, because he kept them from us, is write down what you want God to see. Your thoughts. Don't share it with anybody else. Just share what you want God to do. Wrote it down. At that point in time, I was fixing to graduate. I said, I want to graduate. I said, I want to go to school. I want to live for Jesus. I'm not going to want to backslide with my girlfriend. None of that. Throw that down. And a couple months later, I left the church. But when I come back, Pastor Joe still had that letter. He still had the letter. And he's like, hey, dude, I got something for you. Come in the office. I go in the office, and he gives me the letter. And I'm like, oh, no way. He's like, yeah, dude. I read it, and it's just like, whoa. Just looking back how I left God, how I said I was going to be faithful to God, and I wasn't. But then when I gave my life back to God, God was there. Just seeing how faithful, even though I wasn't faithful, God was faithful. And he also had a letter of a friend of mine who no longer went to church. And he says, here, give this to her. And the idea came from that. Um, I never saw her. She went to school out of town. And even though we may be friends, I've never seen her. And the other day I was going through some things in the house. And um, I was like, man, this letter, I saw it. And, and I remember what it was. And you know, I was not going to see her. I opened it up and I read this girl's letter. Shame on me, but it's okay. But I read it. It brought me to tears. This girl saying, I want to be bold for Jesus. I want to go to school. I don't want to compromise with my boyfriend. I don't want to leave God. And she's writing to herself. She's like, come on, you can do this. Like, don't be discouraged. There's going to be some things coming here. Don't give up. She was writing that to herself so that when she reads it, she can be encouraged. Here's what I want to happen. I know that. I know that we try to make promises and I, probably we can't keep them. But when it comes to spirituality and our promises unto the Lord, say, God, I want to live for you. And the way you're going to do that is, is staying with him. If you guys can stand to your feet for me, please. We are going to welcome this new year, 2012. And we're going to declare it to be the year of the Lord's favor. Come on, we're going to put the devil in a chokehold, beat him up, and kick him out. And saying, God, this is for you. This is for you. Because I'm done. I'm done seeing violence in my school. I'm done seeing these things happen in my life. God, it's for you. Come on. I just tell you, I just tell a testimony how God was faithful. I'm praying, God, the year of the Lord's favor, let this happen. Let this happen. Let this happen. And just seeing it happen, say, God, you were faithful. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. How about this? We're going to ask in prayer what we wrote down in these sheets. 
you can just start making your way up to the altars right now. We'll just hold hands as a family. Just make your way up. Everybody just come up from your seats. Just hold hands right now. We're just going to end in prayer. And we're just going to start asking God, God, I just pray you do that in Jesus' name. Come on, just start asking. Just saying, the year of 2012 will be the year of the Lord's favor in my life. This coming year will mark some things in my life that when I look back, I've seen God has been faithful. I've seen how I've grown. I'm seeing I'll no longer deal with these things because God has delivered me from this. My past is not my future. I am a new person. I am a new creation. Come on, start asking God for these things. Come on, some of you guys, it's only possible some of the things that you wrote down. If God was for you and if God was doing it with you. Come on, just start praying. Come on, if we just put this music just up a little bit louder. We don't want you guys to hide behind the music. We want you guys to pray. Come on, just tell them in your own words right now. Quickly, quickly, just start praying for your neighbor right now. As we close, start praying for your neighbor that whatever they wrote down, that God would work on their on their behalf. On their behalf, that God would do something in their life. That the things, the promises, the wishes that they seem to come true in Jesus' name would come to pass. Come on, start praying for the things of God in their lives. Come on. God, we declare it, Father, that it will come forth in Jesus' name. It will come forth in Jesus' name. So Come on, right now, in closing, everybody in this room, every person right now, let's just declare and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in 2012. That who you were is not who you will be. Come on, there is going to be some spiritual growth in your life in Jesus' name. That 2012 will be the year of a new beginning. For some, it will be the year of growth. For some, it will be the year of blessing. Come on, just release it over your life. For some, it will just be the year of increase. That you're just going to have some crazy things happen in your life that God is going to bless you. Come on. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for this new year, Father, that as we prepare as a youth group, that as we prepare as your church, that, God, you would bless us, God, that as we enter this new year, Father, our focus and our mindset will be on Jesus Christ. More and more of you, Jesus. Father, we never want to forget you, but, Father, we pray that our territory, that the things we have may increase, God. Father, I pray that you would bless us in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would do amazing things in our family, Father. God, salvation in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for our families to come to Jesus. Father, I pray for our friends to come come for Jesus. Father, I pray that the disciples in the house and the people here will be bold for you, Father. That, Father, they will grow in their Christianity. They will grow in their walk with you, Father. That you will make them bold in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would do all these things. And, Father, you would bless this ministry. 
The Father, as this year comes to a close, Father, your work, your church does not come to a close. The Father, as the new year comes in, Father, so does your blessing, so does your favor, so does your the increase of territory, Father, because you bring it. And Father, we just receive it. And we pray for it right now, Father. Do amazing things. Blow us away, God. Blow us away. Do that and more in Jesus' name. We pray these things. Not for our own benefit, but for your glory. For your glory, God. And we pray this in the most precious name. The name that is above all names. The name that every tongue will confess and bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. In that name we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for me, please. Go ahead and give your neighbor a big smile and a hug and tell him Jesus loves you. Come on, we wish you a happy new year, happy new year. Come on, just tell him happy new year. Guys, if the, if the pizza is here, the pizza is in the back for you. If it's not, it's going to be very soon. We're going to leave this time for you to fellowship, hang out.